Hey, what's going on? It's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for the 18th of the 9th, 2017. It is a Monday night. Monday night. Nearly, nearly Tuesday, though. Nearly Tuesday. Now, bloody hell, sorry this podcast is extremely late. Um, very late, actually. Um... I'm in, currently I am in Newcastle, modern Sydney, I'm in Newcastle uh, with my family and um, managed to snag the, that uh, microphone that I was supposed to give back to someone, so um, here we go to the end of the week, but um, yeah, I thought, I thought I may as well use it for this one, um, it's, 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 it's there, I may as well connect it up and uh, use it and everyone's fucking ears go, start fucking bleeding. Um... Yeah, shit. So, the apologies for this one. Um, get ready for the reason why, though. Uh, I managed to leave my laptop on the train. Uh, coming home Thursday afternoon. Left it on the train. It went back to Central. We was, I was freaking the fuck out. I was honestly, like, freaking... Freaking... Oh, shit. Freaking the fuck out. And, um... I, I just... Well, it was like, oh, fuck. What, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to... Um, how do I get this back? Because I called, I called the place, and then they said, uh, the place, the place meaning the, uh, train station in Hamilton. So, train station in Hamilton goes, yeah, I'll check the carriage, bang. Haven't found anything on the carriage, mate, platform two. I was starting to worry. Anyway, night of, night, uh, what about fucking nine o'clock, ten o'clock that night, I get a message from some random, um, and I thought it was one of those fucking bots, so... I was uh, I was a bit like oh Jesus, because I've had I've had heaps of these ones, and um, no, she said I work at Central Station. We've got your laptop. It's in an office, and I was like fucking thank God, thank God, right? Holy shit, dodged a bullet there, didn't we? And uh, today I had to. Uh, I had to uh, take a train to Sydney because I couldn't uh, drive, because uh, yeah, all like all the cars are fucked and there's no more other cars available. Uh, anyway, other you know, circumstances hard to explain. Pretty much, my car that I drive when I come to Newcastle's fucking carked it, so um, they won't be used anymore. It's officially fucking dead. All warning signs were ignored, and there was like, oh no, we'll just keep going, and then no, uh, it's fucking. It's dead, of course. So it's it's fucked, and I uh, couldn't get anyway any, any other way down there. So I had to take the train. Left at nine thirty. Got there at twelve. Uh, got the laptop. Had lunch. Graving sorted, and then got the uh, train right back. So that was a fucking. Uh, I should be honestly. I should be tired, but um, I'm not that tired. I should be fucking exhausted because two fucking train trips in like one. You know, train trip there, bang, have lunch, and then straight train trip back, like, straight away, train trip back to fucking, um, Newcastle. And then, uh, the other thing that happened to me, oh, fucking hell, I, everything that happened on this weekend has been bad, except when I've had alcohol, honestly. Everything that's fucking happened this weekend is just, is just, like, <laughs> shit, unless I've touched alcohol, and then it's just, oh, yeah, and then it's fine, because everything... Good happened. 
on alcohol is uh, with alcohol except uh, except Friday night's conundrum right so Friday night that's no, Friday it's early Saturday morning I've gone out Friday night for a mate's 21st as I explained in the last podcast went out for a 21st and I um, then I went out to uh, to Beaumont Street after that ended up going home around 3 o'clock get dropped off didn't have enough money for the drive home so I gave him half and he dropped me off in Newcastle Road get out of the car I fucking straight away realised my phone's gone and then I'm just like oh fuck you kidding are you fucking kidding me right and then yeah of course the car drives off I look in the gutter it's not there um, of course it's in the taxi so then I walk all the way home from there which is a fucking bummer I'm pretty sure I was fucking sober the time I got home and um, get on the taxi company. So that's all been sorted. Uh, I've done my fucking end of it. Getting on the taxi company and uh, sending the emails out. And the uh, I called him today. And then he said, told me to send another email. I said, I've already sent fucking two emails. And I've filled out a fucking general inquiry form on your fucking website. We haven't done anything about it. So I'm thinking about going and actually just actually just going into the depot tomorrow. Um, or Wednesday, and then actually just saying, look, just fucking, where is my phone? Where is it? Just go in there like, um, uh, like, uh, what's that dude's name? Ah, oh, fuck, what's his name? His name's fucking jumped over me yet. Um, no, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, so, it, yeah, just, just a guy walking into a room where there's like, they're just fucking doing nothing, and then he just, a guy just comes in and just fucking, like, disrupts the piece. And then he's just like, wah, 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 and they're just like, fucking, who is this fucking lunatic? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then you go, where's my phone? Like Harrison Ford and Ransom. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And uh, I don't know if I'll get it back, honestly. Uh, Dad goes, if, you, if all else fails, you can have the uh, S7 that I, uh, S6 that I have. And I was like, well, fucking. I don't know, I won't have the plan or anything. Everything's going to go on shit, honestly. I realised how much I do need my phone when I don't have it. Um, and not just for, like, looking at social media and stuff. Like, I can avoid that, but... Messenger's a big thing. Um, but, like, calling and all that stuff, people getting... I've, I've dead set probably got, like, a lot of calls and all that stuff because... I've got a lot of messages on Facebook saying, why are you answering your fucking phone? And, um, yeah, so that that's that. And I've just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I listen to music on my phone most of the time as well. So that's just, that's been missing. And I just realized like, oh, oh fuck, I do do so many things on my phone. I listen to music, listen to all the podcasts, um, that I listen to. And, um, yeah, I just realised, oh, fuck, I fucking really do need it, alright. Because I was just like, oh, I don't, I can just get, like, a basic phone. I was like, well, it's, I've got all this fucking data, especially, also, got all these fucking photos on there that need to be, you know, recovered because they're, you know, some of them are actually quite special photos. And, uh, just didn't do a backup of those ones. Haven't done, haven't managed to get around to that yet. And, um, I don't know, I just... <sighs> I wish I had an iPhone because then I could do that uh, find find your phone thing like find find your phone 
because um, it would be still be on. I could really, really, I could have found found it straight away as soon as I got home on the computer. Desktop menu. I saw the laptop was in fucking Sydney still, and um, yeah, so I couldn't do anything at the weekend because they were fucking closed at the weekend. So everything was starting Monday, and then I'm just thinking tomorrow, fuck it, just go into the depot and just say, look, search one of your fucking search the taxi, search all your fucking taxis until you find my fucking phone. Because you're holding something from me. You're holding something from me, and I want to know why. I don't know. I, don't, I want to know why you're not putting in the effort that you should be fucking putting in to help someone find their lost property. Because I called the guy today, and he said, Oh, lost property form? Oh, oh okay. You need to fill out a lost property? Yep. Okay. All right. So email this number. Oh, fucking email. Email my fucking dick. How about that? Fucking hell. And of course, no fucking email back this afternoon. So, Jesus Christ, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a clusterfuck. First the laptop, then the phone. I don't know what the fuck. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. Laptop was a just a brain fart. The phone wasn't a, a, a full on accident because it slipped out of my pocket. I didn't just leave it in the taxi, but the, the laptop I could have done better with. I could have been thinking, actually, fucking reason my brain, but. Um, the phone was just one of those things where it just slips out and you don't notice. And then it's too late because the cunt's fucking driving away. So, yeah. Hopefully you get that back. Wish me luck. Or not. You couldn't give a fuck, really. I don't know. Who could? Um, right. So I just want to get out of the way and just explain why this has been a, uh, just, just late. This has been quite late and I'll still do I'll still do a half of tomorrow but um this is like this is this is the episode from last week that I was going to do um and I'll still do a or oh, I'll try to do a podcast on Thursday maybe not I am going camping on Friday we'll be gone for the whole weekend and then I'll return back to Sydney on the Sunday night so uh, this holiday is nearly over we're in the middle of it we're, I'm in the middle of the holiday um but it's reaching its it's end. And then we're straight into fucking final drafts and final drafts, budget approval. Now next week's a fucking clusterfuck. It's honestly, there's so much fucking paperwork. It's crazy. So the reason why this episode, um, the reason why I want to make to put the shit in this episode, I honestly fucking can't talk at the moment because this thing's bugging the shit. Is that a clock? I think it's a clock. Um. I'm recording this in the uh, my father's office. Nice and quiet in here. Um, but yeah, I was I. Uh, what I wanted to do last week was talk about the movies that I liked this year and my favourites, and uh, give off a list. I think I think I got like a ten or eleven. I wanted to keep it the ten, but I had like a bonus one I would put in there. So I got like ten movies. Also, I'm looking forward to. I won't. I didn't worry about the things, the movies I didn't like because I just think that we were fucking wasting time. And, um, these are, this is my personal list. I want to get straight to it. Let's do it. Fuck it, eh? Let's do it. Let's get straight to it. Alright. First thing I want to, these go, these are also going to be in order of release date this year. So, um, excuse me. Yeah, these, this is in order of release date this year. Oh, that's come out. So, 
I saw these um, very, very different times, but the way this list has been organized is like the release date, probably like in America or like a worldwide release, except Australia, because uh, some of these movies I got later, so. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Something happened. Jesus. All right, let's start off. So, I think there's one, two, three, wait a second. Okay, 19 titles there. Um, and I'm going to be nice and quick with these. I'm not going to like go and explain, explain them all because I think I reviewed most of these things anyway. Um, and I'll just go for a list of them. Some of these, some of these are major releases. Some of these are indies that you might have missed. And I think that should be seen. So, let's start off with Julio DeCurno's Raw. Um, this was, this came out in TIFF last year, Midnight Madness, and it was the movie that, uh, infamously made people, uh, throw up and leave in ambulances, and, uh, I finally got to witness it, uh, in April this year, and, uh, at, uh, the local cinema, and it was probably one of the best cinema experiences, uh, true story, um, one of the best exp cinema experiences I've ever had, because, uh, not only is the film great, um, and really just beautifully done, well, um, uh, great, 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 uh, cinematography is gorgeous. Um, uh, the thing, I think I did review, I did review all this stuff, didn't I? It's great performances from, I'm not too sure what the lead actress's name is, but I'm gonna look it up because of the internet's doing me good here. Let's just give it a go, eh? Give it a go. How about that? Uh, is it Garance? Is that her? Yeah. Garance Marilia. I apologize, sweetheart, if I'm saying your name wrong. Um, Garance Marilia. Yeah. Who plays Justine. Fantastic um, character. Uh, she has a great arc. And her and her sister was great to watch. And uh, the guy that played Alex, he was good too. I really liked him. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Alex. Was it, or was it Adrian? He was not sure. Right. Anyway, so it's a really, it's a really great film. It's a great French horror film, and uh, a little different. Um, it's about a cannibal, uh, a vet, a student, sorry, a student who is at vet school, and then she, um, her can, she, she has, she's also a vegetarian. She has meat for the first time, and then she gets a cannibalistic thirst. And I'm going to leave it there, because. Um, yeah, the rest is remains to be seen by you. If you haven't seen Raw yet, do check it out. It is a great horror film. It's also a great film just in general. Um, there's a few scenes that are, is going to make you like, whoa, like, all right. Because in the cinema, honest, like, honest to God, hands down, there was four people who left the cinema. Uh, four people left the cinema, and I had the guy next to me was like retching in this these about. I want to say like two or three scenes. He was just like, honestly, I think he was like swallowing his own vomit because it was just, it was that disgusting. But, uh, there was one scene, I was fine with the gore or anything, but there is one scene where I was like, oh, gee, okay. Like even the sound design in that scene, like, oh, well done. To make me even, to make me cringe that hard. Oh my God. In a good way, not cringing like, oh God, this is, 
in a good way. I cringed in a good way at this movie. Uh, yeah, I really you haven't seen Raw. It's a very it's a very unique film. Um, and if it's you want to check out a foreign film, it's a great yeah. The French the French has done it again. And Julia DeCurno is uh, the director. She's one to watch. I reckon she uh, fantastic screenplay, uh, well realized characters, and and she directed the fucking shit out of this thing. She directed the shit out of this movie. Um, I haven't m seen the other ones she directed, like Mang and Junior, but uh, Raw, I think, is her fully... Uh, I think Because I think the other one was a TV movie, so I think Raw is her first uh, theatrical debut. And she does a fucking fantastic job. Fantastic job. So check out Raw if you haven't checked out Raw. Next on the list is Free Fire. Um, directed and written, I'm going to say written as well, I'm pretty sure, by Ben Wheatley. And he gave us um, the kill list. If I want to be... Just going to type in here. Pretty sure he gave us the kill list. Because um, I remember watching that, and then I was like, oh, this that's this director, right? I was right, Kill List. Um, and he also did High Rise, but I think I liked Kill List better than High Rise, so I always say Kill List. Kill List was like a, a bit of an indie, and not many people saw it. And Free Fire is a bit of an indie as well. Not many people, people went to the cinema to see this one as well. There's only like five or six people in the cinema, honestly, in this in this movie that I went to, uh, the session I went to anyway. Um, you've got a great cast, first of all. Uh, great dialogue. A lot of fucks. A lot of fucks in this film. Um, it does uh, have a slow... It does get a bit slow at some points. Like you're just... People are literally just crawling on the ground because it's a massive gunfight in a warehouse. And... Um, but I still really enjoyed it. The characters is what kept me in there. Um, uh, Brie Larson, I expected her to do more things, but she didn't do as much as I thought she did. Uh, as I thought she would do, and um, I, I really liked uh, Killian Murphy and Army Hammer was a great standout in this film. Shelter Copley, as always, was fantastic, and uh, that was that other guy I liked. I think that was it. Killian Murphy and um, Army Hammer and Shelter Copley. They were the standouts to me in this one. Um, Brie Larson has she doesn't. Um, and a, I wouldn't say interesting character because you don't really know much about her, but uh, you know she takes no shit. But um, I just like the back and forth. Like it's just insane. Like and then the editing, I guess, could be a bit better because the uh, sometimes you don't know who shot the gun, and uh, literally it's just like a gunshot from here, gunshot from there, and uh, you don't really know who shot it. So I think it could be um clean up there a bit um and it's just a bit more faster pacing we would have been there it, it only goes for an hour and a half but there's just a scene there's just one scene literally where they're crawling on the floor and it's like about five minutes long and they're literally just crawling on the floor um exactly but there's a lot of as i said a lot the characters and a lot the dialogue in this film that's what keeps me there i love good characters interesting funny characters and um just char like character characters, like characters that are uh, don't are people, and they're just like a caricature. 
and um, you can just watch them do their do their thing in this movie, and it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch, and the dialogue's funny to listen to. Again, a lot of fucks. Um, so give Free Fire a go if uh, you're a fan of. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a fan of Brie Larson, even though she's got a all right role. Um, if you're a fan of um, like. Uh, uh, how Martin Scorsese does his films. Um, I'm just trying to think of a director that has a lot of swearing in his things. Well, Martin Scorsese has a lot of fucks in his movies, but uh, I'm just wondering where he would have got the influence, I guess, Ben Wheatley. Because uh, I know it's, it is produced by Martin Scorsese. So, check it out if you haven't. Uh, number three on the list is A Cure for Wellness. Directed by Gore Verbinski, written by Justin Hafe, and stars Dane DeHaan, Jason Isaacs, and Mia Goth. Uh, yeah, Cure for Wellness. I was really intrigued by the trailer of this one. Very intrigued by it. And, um... The cinematography, first of all, is fucking beautiful. It's Gorgeous cinematography in this one. Um, it, it feels a lot larger than it, it looks like. And that, that's a good thing for me. And um, score was interesting. The screenplay is just... Uh, it, 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 uh, it elevates and then it just goes balls out insane. And I love that it went there. I love that it took the risk. And I was waiting. It's just... Like there are many things, there are many things that could have been could have been fixed about it, but I'm not going to mention those. Um, I just want to I just want to say if you want to watch a really fucking weird movie and you're sick of all this, if you have superhero fatigue or you're sick of all these fucking mainstream blockbusters, go check out Cure for Wellness. It does go run a little a little uh, too long, at two hours and twenty six minutes, but I'm. Uh, I promise you it's worth it because there's some shit happened in this movie that you're like, what the fuck? Like, mouth agape. You're going to be like, what? Um, people won't like that. Other people might like that. I did like it. And that's why it's on this list. A Cure for Wellness. Watch it if you have not. Told you, we're just banging through these, aren't we? Um... This one actually I only watched a few weeks ago, but it did come out in Sundance and then immediately came out in Netflix, like I think a couple of weeks later. But I only watched it like, yeah, a couple of weeks ago because I never just got around to it. Is I don't feel at home in this world anymore and it's written and directed by Megan Blair. I don't feel... Um, there it is. Don't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah. Directed and written by Macon Blair, and he's a big um, main character, uh, main actor in uh, Jeremy Solner's films and um, uh, like Blue Ruin, Green Room, and uh, what's he doing next? Red? Who knows? Uh, so yeah, he took his a, a stab at directing and writing this one. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Um, again, I'm not gonna just because I remember that my my. My talk about it, like last week was just fucking horrible. I was just running out of words to say, and it was just shit. Uh, so I didn't really get much out of that. But I'll just say, Melody Linsky's best performance, in my opinion. Elijah Woods, fantastic to watch in it. His character is very funny, very um, 
what are uh, pretty quirky. And the characters in this film they encounter each along the way just get weirder and weirder, and it's just great. It's a great, it's a great watch. It's different, and you'll enjoy it. It only, only runs for an hour and a half as well, so it's not going to take you a lot of time. And if you're sick of all the mainstream shit, check it out. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Great indie, and you can watch it on Netflix. It's on Netflix for you. Right. Um. I don't think I want to go for that. Right. After uh, that one, this would be number five. Number five is The Big Sick. Uh, directed by Michael Showalter and written and written by Kamal Najani and Emily V. Gordon. And I don't think I've talked about this one yet, haven't I? Uh, and if you don't know the uh, plot of this film, it's based on the true love story of Kamal Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon, how they, how they fell in love, um, how Emily V. Gordon ended up in a, ended up in a coma, um, and how Kamal stuck around and they eventually, yeah, eventually got married. Um, it's a great story. It's well, it's well written by these two. Um, they did a fantastic job. And um, Zoe Gazan is, is fantastic as uh, Emily, Holly Hunter was great. Uh, Ray Romano was great. Ray Romano in this film was great. Uh, but Zoe Gazzano, I said, is always sweet, sweet as, uh, sweet as honey, always, always. And um, hang on a second, I'm just, uh, I've just run out of battery in my uh, speakers. I'm just going to pause it for a bit. Right, okay, right, now we're back. Uh, I just had to get a battery for that, um, for my headphones, because I fucking knew the battery was going to, I had a fucking feeling that before I started this thing, the battery in my headset would go out, and of course, it's fucking, it went out. So I had to go and quickly get a quick battery, and a quick battery change for that one. As I was saying, the whole cast in this film was fantastic. Kamal Nanjani is a fucking revelation. Um... If you like him in Silicon Valley, well, you like him as his real self in this film because he literally plays himself, or at least an exaggerated version. Um, but it's just—it's just a fucking—it's a hilarious, heartwarming, sweet movie. That is—it's um, my favorite comedy of the year. Comedy of the year so far, and I've seen it like—I uh, think I've seen it like twice now, and. Um, Really enjoyable. I'll definitely go back to watch it again. Um, it came out Sunday earlier this year, but I meant to catch it in the cinemas. And it was just a fucking... It was a great time. I had a, such a great time with this film. And uh, if you're... You know, if you like rom-coms, but you also like a bit of serious... Like, yeah, like I'm talking like some dramedies. If you like, you like your dramedies, check this out. Or if you just want like just a great film to watch. The Big Sick is a high recommendation on my list. And I think it's going to make... I think it's going to make the top 10 for this year, honestly. I really do. It's going to make top 10. Um, so yeah, check it out. Big Sick. If you haven't already. Right. Next on the list. It's Taylor Sheridan's directorial debut. And he's written it as well, of course. Wind River. Now this one also um, came out at Sundance. was a big hit at Sundance. And um, there's a reason why it was a big hit because it's fucking great. That's why. 
uh, Jeremy Renner in this film. So, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Jeremy Renner plays a tracker. He finds a girl dead in the snow, and he's got to find out why. She's obviously like that. Elizabeth Olsen plays a um, FBI agent. Uh, Jane, she comes in. Doesn't know. She doesn't know the Indian because this is this is uh, on a Indian reservation, Wind River Indian reservation in Wyoming. She comes in. Doesn't know the Indian people. They're a bit hostile towards her. She's kind of the outsider, but she can handle a shit. I tell you, she can handle a shit. And it's just a very fucking tense movie. It's it's um wow. It's just it's just drenched in dread and um just. It's, it, I don't know, it's hollow at its core because, it, I'm not saying hollow in a bad way, but it's just like, there's just, there's no, it's like, it feels like there's no hope throughout this film. It just feels like there's no hope and that's, and that's a good thing for me. That's a good thing because that really, it um, just really built on the tension, uh, the emotion as well throughout. Jeremy Renner's uh, character's back, um, his dark past is just, oh, it's heartbreaking. And, um... The performances are great as well. I said Jeremy Renner, um, I don't know, Oscar buzz? I don't know. But it's, it's definitely his best role to date. Uh, Lizzie Olsen pulls off, um, pulls it off as well. Really enjoyed her performance as well. And um, I think it's still showing, isn't it? It's still showing here in Australia, so that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, honestly... And if you like Hell or High Water, if you like Sicario, who ta- uh, which Taylor Sheridan both wrote, didn't direct them, but both wrote them. Sorry about that. I thought I was about to sneeze then. He's uh, done a great job here. There is, it's it's like a, there's like a fuse throughout this movie that's just, it's just, it's lit and it's just throughout this movie. And then there's just bits where it just stops. And it's like it's connected to like three dynamites or like, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, like three dynamites. Fuse goes, stops. There's a moment and then the dynamite just fucking explodes and then shit goes insane with these grisly action scenes uh, that just fucking just make... They're, they're realistic. Uh, they're... I don't know, they're, 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 um, they just, I don't know, honestly, it's like a, I can't really find the words to describe it, it's just like a, the tension just builds and builds and builds, and then it just fucking blows up with it, and every time this action scene starts, especially the one in the middle on a, uh, a rig, or like a, like a fuel rig or something like that, I'm not sure what it is, I think it's a fuel rig, uh, that one, oh my god, that, is that scene where I was like, oh, oh shit, shit is going, oh shit is just got real, my god, and uh, I tell you what, it's just a great watch, um, clocking me at an hour 47, good time, I really wanted there to be more, it, when it ended, I was just like, I wanted there to be more, because I was just so invested in this film, and, and, and the characters, and the journey they were going through, and the things they were just discovering along the way. Um, the text at the end of this movie just fucking floored me and held me down until I couldn't breathe anymore. Because this text I, I found out was true. I was I was just could not believe it. 
and um, I'm not going to tell you what, the, what obviously what the text is, but I want you to see the film for itself. If you're a fan of Taylor Sheridan's work, he's written work like Hell or High Water, Sicario. Uh, I feel like this isn't... To me, this isn't better than... Mm, I don't know. I can't really place this one, actually. I'm actually having a hard time placing this one. Because Hello High Water is so good, but so is Sicario. But this movie is so good too. It's hard, man. <laughs> it just does a great work. And it, it feels like he's... I think he said it was his, uh, his the end to his little Frontier trilogy, trilogy, I think he called it. his front, The American Frontier Trilogy. So, um, good for him, I guess. Because you know, he also said, this is my first and only time directing. And first and last time directing, so... Dude, I want him to make more because that 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 movie was great. Wind River is great, and if you haven't checked it out, uh, obviously check it out because shit, man, <laughs> what a great movie. Um, right, from a great movie to another one, we move on to a ghost story written and directed by David Lowry. I'm just gonna find that one. Yes, written and directed by David Lowey, and it's about a wife who loses her husband in a tragic um, uh, situation. I won't spoil it, but in a situation, and then he pretty much returns as a white-shitted ghost, honestly looking like a kid in Halloween, like white-shit ghost, and he explores the house, and it's all about um, loss, love, uh, time, existence. There's a lot of themes explored in this movie, and it's one of my favorite movies of 2017. It's fucking amazing. Uh, it's a little, another little indie. But it needs more, it needs to be seen by more people. Honestly, it needs to be seen by more people. More people need to, need to uh, get this on Blu-ray. If it comes out in Blu-ray, uh, get this on uh, digital, like rent it on digital. Needs to see this movie. This movie needs everybody's support because I think it's, I honestly think it's one of the best top five movies of 2017 so far. Because the movie fucking floored me. Floored me. It, it again, held me down, grabbed my mouth, just said, shut the fuck up and just take it. And it, I, I did. I did. And it was so worth it. The cinematography blew me away. Uh, it was really um, interesting, uh, uniquely filmed, uh, especially on this aspect ratio 4x3 with curved edges. That was really, really, really uh, uh, unique to see. I've never really seen that before. Um, I've seen a little 4x3s, but I haven't seen this one with like, curved edges. And it honestly, it honestly felt like you're watching um, home movies. I don't know why, but, but with just great cinematography. And the camera does things in this movie that are just, I don't know, are so simple, but wow you. Just, well, they wowed me. Like, this camera, it camera literally did something, they're one of the most simple things in um, uh, camera mechanics, I guess. And it was just, I don't know, it just wowed me. It just, I was like, holy shit, I don't know why I'm so affected by that, but hold, my god. Um, there was a, as a, there's a funny use of subtitles in this film that I'm not going to spoil, and, um, I just wished it wasn't, um, I wish the themes stayed with me, because I finally, I did understand the themes, but at the end, there's kind of like a gratuitous scene where it's kind of explained, 
and I just didn't need that because I was already feeling that. But I'm telling you, I was still in tears by the end. It's one of the. It's it's been a long time since I've cried at the end of a movie. Um, tears rolled down my face at the end of this thing because it just made me think about pretty much everything, everything in my life. And the movies that do that are the movies that stay with me, and those are the movies that. Um, I'm going to remember for a very, very long time. It's gonna, it's gonna stay with me for a long time. A ghost story. It's only, again, it's only an hour and thirty minutes. Not gonna take you very long, and it needs to be seen with more people. This movie needs support by a lot more. We got a very limited release um, in the US and a very, very limited release in Australia, and it honestly needs to be. It's underseen. It's, I think it's one of the most underseen movies of the year, and it needs to be seen. Uh, this it it's obvious, but I'm going to give you a fair warning. It's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to be for your average moviegoer. You're going to need to concentrate. You're really going to need to focus and watch this thing. And uh, there's going to be one scene in this movie about five. It goes for about five or six minutes, maybe seven. Uh, that's going to make or break it. And um, I'm not. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this movie before on the podcast. I'm, I, I don't know if I've forgotten. Maybe I talked about it last week or something. But. There's a scene in this movie that's going to make or break it for everyone. If you get past that scene, you're going to fucking love a ghost story. It's ironic that a movie called The Ghost Story is one of the most human stories I've I've fucking seen this year. Wow. Uh, so check it out. Please check it out when it comes, when it hits, hits your shelves. Hits your shelves or it hits your um, browser, like your, you know, your digital. Um, you know, you can download digital. Yeah, I don't need to explain that shit to you. Jesus. Right. Number seven. I'm pretty sure. Yes, number seven. Is uh, the directorial debut of uh, one half of Key and Peele. Will you please, motherfucker? <laughs> one half of Key and Peele. And, uh, written, directed, and written and directed by that one half. Uh, I'm talking about Jordan Peele. And uh, this movie is... Again, I don't know if it's top... It might be top five. Again, it might be top five of the year for me. This movie does so many things. Uh, first of all, I'm not a fan of horror movies. And this got me to watch a horror movie. Uh, there were some jump scares that did. Yes, I did. They did get me. So, you know, I'm not going to... Um, <coughs> I'm not going to... Son of a bitch. Uh, I'm not going to... Um, uh, shy down from that I did yes I did jump like a little bitch and uh, this movie just takes so many fucking twists and turns my brother described it as the most Wigan movie of 2017 <laughs> if, if that uh, if that tells you anything um, I don't want to say too much but it's about a young Af- African American named uh, Chris and uh, his wife his wife his girlfriend sorry his girlfriend what am I saying uh, Rosie meets their parents and he finds out there's something fucking going on in this secluded estate that they live in in the woods. And um, something shift is going on and uh, something does happen but I'm not going to ruin it. This movie is... is it. Um, it's just... I've never seen... I've never seen anything like it before. The cinematography is great. The mystery just keeps it going. Uh, great performance by Daniel Kaluuya. 
Alison Williams was fantastic. Bradley Whitford was great. And, and my boy, Lakeith Stanfield. Fuck, this boy's come out of nowhere. Ever since short turn 12, Lakeith Stanfield, or Keith Stanfield, has fucking... He's proved to be great. Because I loved him in short turn 12, and I was like, he's going to be... He's going to go somewhere, this kid. Um, this man. I think he's older than I am. <laughs> but uh, I think he's... Yeah. How old is he? How old is old uh, Keith? He's got his hobby. Yeah. Yeah, 91. He's five, he's five years older than I am. Um, 26, I think. But still, he's. I, I watched Short Turn 12 and I was like, he is going places. This man is going places. And of course, he is. I still want to see Crown Heights, which is coming out soon, I'm sure. I think it played at, um, I think it, did it play at Sundance? I'm not too sure. I really want to see Crown Heights. Um, I did watch Death Note. I was a bit disappointed in that movie. Not in his performance, but it was just, I don't know, it might have been the way it was directed. Um, by Adam Weingard. I think it was Adam Weingard, right? And, um, written, obviously. But um, you can't really blame Keith Stanfield for that film. But he's he's great in Get Out as well. He's great in Get Out. Jordan Peele has done a fucking... He directed the shit out of this movie. He wrote a great screenplay. And I was hooked from beginning to end. Get out of my mind, Get Out. God damn. Go check it out. It's probably... It's got to be... It's, I think it's out on DVD. It's out on Blu-ray right now. So coming out earlier this year. So please go check it out. Right. Where are we sitting at here? 41. Oh, we'll get there. Right, another film that I enjoyed was, um, I talked about it last week, Band-Aid. I don't, I don't need to say anything more about it. It's a great, um, unique, uh, unique premise. I enjoyed it. Uh, a couple that turned their fights into love songs. Um, I found that interesting. I liked Fred Armisen's character in this film. I liked Zoe Wister's and Adam Pally's chemistry. And uh, just a predictable ending, but I still enjoyed the film. I had a lot of fun with Band-Aid. So check out Band-Aid if you haven't checked out Band-Aid yet. Uh, moving along here, we have number uh, nine. We have uh, Trainspotting. Number two, T2 Trainspotting. It was great to see the characters back. I'm pretty sure I reviewed this one anyway earlier this year, but it was great to see the characters back. Um, soundtrack was fucking beautiful. Cinematography was great, even though it still retains the... The uh the quirkiness and the and the and the weird angles and everything of the, of this first one cinematography, but it was just an updated thing in it. And I'm, gra- I'm glad Danny Boyle stuck with the same kind of style for the film, and it really fit it. And again, it was a great to return to the universe of uh, heroin riddled Edinburgh with um Ransom and the boys. But um, I'll tell you what, it's a great ride, and I've seen, I've probably seen it about a couple more times after as well, because I watched it in the cinema with a couple of mates, and then uh, wait, wait for it to come out on DVD, and then I've watched it ever since then as well. Uh, we had a marathon, actually. A couple of months ago, we had a marathon of the first one, and the second one is a fucking great night. Nachos and guac, man, you can't go wrong. So, uh, if you're a heroin addict, or just you, you love the first transporting, check out two, T2 transporting. Maybe don't check out Transport if you're hearing it. It's because then you're like, oh, fuck. Maybe this is doing the wrong thing to me. <laughs> uh, another film I enjoyed was John Wick Chapter 2. 
Uh, obviously, the sequel to the first one. Really enjoyed how it dug more into the world of the Continental. County of Reeves fucking kicks ass as always. It was great to see a couple of uh, guest cameos. That was cool. Um, just didn't, I don't know why, did, did, didn't like Ruby Rose's character. Um, I don't know, I'm just not a fan of Ruby Rose, I think. Because um, I didn't like her in Triple X, I didn't like her in this. And what was the other thing? She was, she was in another thing as well. And I was just like, just why are you everywhere? Why? She's in Resident Evil as well, but I didn't watch Resident Evil. But I just didn't like her in any of the films she was in this year. I don't know why, but I just, uh, something better. Something better. I've got nothing against, um... She's, I don't know, she's just not my cup of tea. There we go. She's just not my cup of tea. Oh, I did like that film. <laughs> so, John Wick Chapter 2. Um, yeah, they did it again. They did it again. Directors did it again. We get number 3, May next year. I think it's up against the fucking Avengers, so good luck with that. But um, I'm still going to be checking out Chapter 3 because I can't wait to return back to the world of the Continental. And uh, John Wick kick an absolute fucking ass once again to a great soundtrack right moving along here a surprise with this one the lego batman movie um yeah i'm as surprised as you are i really really enjoyed this movie i've seen this movie three times um I really enjoyed Will Will Arnett's um, portrayal as Batman. It really dug into. It took an animated film to really dig into the psychology and the um, internal uh, objectives and battles of Batman himself and his relationship with the Joker. So I don't. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it took an animated movie to do that. But um, I think it's a, it's probably the best Batman movie to look at the character of Batman, and that's just fucking awesome. Uh, the great, we've got a great voice cast, it's an enjoyable movie, and, uh, if you like the Lego movie, you're gonna like the Lego Batman movie, if you love Batman, you'll love the Lego Batman movie, I will, you will, if you're an, if you're an adult like I am, or, or you're a, uh, or you're a kid, either way, I watched this with my, I watched it with, by myself the first time, then I watched it with my sister the second time, and then I watched it again with, like, a mate, and I was like, this is actually really good, so, um, yeah, Lego Batman movie, man, check it out, it's a fun thing. It's a fun little fling. And you'll really enjoy it. I don't know why I tried that voice, but I'm sticking with it. It's getting late. Uh, right. Next on the list, we got 10, 11, 12. 13 is, of course... Now, as I said, these are particular order. These are just in the order that this fucking list has prioritized them by. I think that'll be the release date, I think. Yeah, 13 is Logan. Um, the big, the final film with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, directed by James Mangold, who handled The Wolverine, which was, oh, it was a mixed bag. Mostly good, though. Just the ending was a bit shitty and a bit comic booky for me. But Logan is, um, the best, uh, superhero film this year, I think, so far. And um, you couldn't even call it a super... Sometimes you don't even call it a super film. You can just call this movie a film because this movie is more... This movie is not a movie, yeah. It's it's more of a film. It really looks at the um, the aging the aging years of, of uh, Wolverine. Shit's going to fuck. <laughs> what have I used that saying for? Um, Hugh Jackson's performance is just... 
so fucking good. Patrick Stewart is great. Daphne Keane knocked it out of the park. Oh, fucking hell. It was a first-timer for me. First time seeing Daphne Keane. She kicked absolute fucking ass as X-23, Laura Kinney. And uh, I just... I think the downplay for me was just the villain. Uh, I think it was uh, Hoyt or Floyd. What's Boyd Holbrook. His villain is Pierce. I just didn't really... I didn't like him. I just didn't think it was... He just wrote like the big bad villain. Here's my plan. Blah, blah, blah. He just... That was it. Um, the clone of Wolverine as well was... I was a bit mixed bag on. But this film is just... It's so... We finally got the Wolverine we deserve. The gritty, violent, visceral... Fucking Wolverine. Like this... Wolverine is a fucking Wolverine in this movie. Like he is... It's violent. It's in your face. They did not shy away from the brutality. And I fucking loved it. Fantastic. They didn't... They, they took the R rating and just said, look, let's just make this... Let's fucking do it. Let's run with the fucking... Um, oh, what's the saying? Run with the... Uh, let's just run with it. There we go. Let's just run with the R rating. There's a saying, but I'm not... I forget what it is. Um... Let's just run with it. Let's... But let's not just, like, put gratuitous violence, even though it's fucking brutal as fuck. Um... Brutal's violence and he's a swearing in it as well. But let's just... It, it's its a great... It's a human story about a, a man with uh, adamantium uh, mutant powers. But it's about... It's a human story. And um, to me, that's what made Logan such a fucking great movie to uh, me. And it's... I don't know. It could be top five. Who knows? Could be top five... Um, Hugh Jack, a great send off to Hugh Jackman as well. Fucking well done, man. Well done, well done, mate. I should say. Coming in at um, number fourteen, Edgar Wright returns after the world's end in twenty thirteen with Baby Driver. Ansel Elgort, Lily James, uh, John Hamm, Kevin Spacey. And Jamie Foxx. And a newcomer, um, I'm going to say her name right, I think. Eliza Gonzalez. I think it's Eliza. It's either Eliza or Eliza. It's weird. She has a... Isa. It's Isa. It's a weird name. Isa Gonzalez. Beautiful name, though. Um... So pretty much, Angela Logo plays a uh, baby who is tinnitus, and um, he gets uh, coerced into working for Kevin Spacey's doc. Uh, one more job, we're done. One more job, and we're straight. Uh, sorry, that's from the trailer. <laughs> and uh, this movie's fucking. <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome. I love it. Love this film. The editing is fucking perfect. Story was great. Little weak point in the big in the middle with the love story, but I just it just kept me going. The music kept me going. The adrenaline kept me going. It was like it was like on a roller coaster that was like also like flying, just flying through the air, and I knew I was gonna land safely. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, it just that's what it felt like. Fucking great movie. Um, my number one of the year so far. Um, I love Edgar Wright. Um, his story, his screenplay could have been a little tighter, could have been a little better, but I love the dialogue, I love the characters. 
and uh, I will watch this movie again. Like all Edgar Wright's films, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to see myself. Uh, I see multiple viewings of Baby Driver for the years to come. And that's Baby Driver. And I'm guessing most people have seen it. If you haven't seen it, what the? F oh Jesus! Go out. Just go out. It's coming on Blu-ray soon anyway, so just wait for that. I think it's coming out in October for Blu-ray. But it's out in digital, because you can check it out on digital. But I don't think it's out on the shelves yet. I'm sorry. Um, another one. I'm just going to like wrap it up here, because I'm reaching the end mark here. Another one I want to talk about, um, I just watched it a couple of nights ago, was It Comes at Night. It's a um, very quiet horror film about um, fear, paranoia, and um, trust. And it's not... Again, I, when, I, when I saw this, I, it just looked really... It looked really subtle. But unfortunately, the trailer made it look like your mainstream generic horror film. But I was looking at the... Uh, I looked at the cast. I liked, I liked the look at the cast, even though I'd never heard these people before. Only Joel Edgerton. I was like, this is different for Joel. So... Um, and the poster was really, the posters are what grabbed me. Uh, they were really tiny text in the black background. And, uh, especially the first one was the dog. Um, and the dog's just looking in the dark. And you're like, what the fuck? What is out there? Like, what comes at night? And, um, I'm not a horror, horror film person, but I was like, this really has intrigued me. The cinematography looked great in the trailer as well. It's produced by A24, and I trust A24 of anything after the movies I've seen from them. And the shit they are producing at the moment is fucking fire. Um, and another film we'll be talking about, uh, in a bit that they're making. Um, so that should be, and it was, it was just, it was good. It wasn't, uh, there's was a few jump scares, but, um, I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I made it for a horror film. I did it. I made it for a horror film. Um, in a while, cause I'm not going to fucking see it. That's for sure. I'm not going to see it. But, um, yeah, I made it through. It's a very quiet, subtle look at... Um, in a world of devastation and um, just, uh, it's empty. It's an empty world of devastation and um, sickness. It's about people. What what would you do in this situation? What would your choices be and how would you act? And what decisions would you make? And it's a really good look at, at, at the paranoia of that, um, trusting other people and... Um, I don't know, what was the other word I used before? But it's just like, because throughout the film, you're like, oh, this could be happening or this could be happening. I just wish there was a little less nightmare sequences. I didn't really think that helped the film that much. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe a little less nightmare sequences. That would be it for me. The ending was fucking devastating, but what are you going to do when there's a world out there? Um, without spoiling it, what are you going to do when there's a world out there that's fucking so unforgiving that you're willing to make the toughest of decisions. George Sim was great in the movie. He's great. A uh, final film I want to... Because I've got like all your superhero ones. Because, you know, I enjoyed all the superhero ones this year. But I, I, I really, a final film I need, really need to give a shout out to and a mention is a film that um, Nikolai Costa Walder... I'm just going to call him Nikolai Costa. From Game of Thrones, he plays Jamie Lannister. Uh, it's called Shot Caller. And... Um, it's a really good look at prison life and the way and prison mentality and the way people adapt to it. And uh, Jamie, pretty much, I'm going to give you 
I'm going to give you the uh, the uh, plot for it because I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> He's like a businessman. Um, it hasn't come up yet. He's like a businessman and uh, gets involved in a very horrific accident and that sends him to prison for a long time. And um, he has to learn to, yeah, he has to learn to adapt um, and just inhabit this new mentality, this new prison mentality and learning the politics of prison. It was a really cool way looking into it. And Nikolai did one of the best performances of his career, in my opinion. Um, uh, John Bernthal, he was really good in it. And um, it was a gritty... It's gritty. It's it's. Uh, I gotta stop using fucking gritty for everything, honestly. And uh, it's yeah. It's it's um. I know it's rough. It's it's uh, it's just. I'm trying to find other words, but I can't because I don't have a dictionary in front of me. I don't have a thesaurus because I told you, as you all, as everyone knows who listens to this, my vocabulary does not go far. <laughs> it doesn't go, you know. Yeah, maybe I need to read more fucking books, I guess. I don't know. But, um... Yeah, it's really cool. It's a really cool movie. It's very... It's underseen. And I think more people people need, to, people need to see it. Because it's well worth your time. It only goes for about two hours. Uh, yeah, well worth your time. And it's... Re- it, it, it's just... If you, if you like Jamie Lannister and you like... Oh, Nikolai. Like, he wasn't as great... Um, uh, as... Sorry, he wasn't as great in... Like, if you saw him in the other one, you're like, oh, fuck, he's just doing these things. No, watch Shot Caller. And you're like, oh, he's doing some... He's doing some shit. Like, he did another movie this year that I, that I also liked was Small Crimes on Netflix. That was all right. But Shot Caller is by far better than Small Crimes. Shot Caller, he just was a different person. And I fucking loved it. So please check out Shot Caller if you haven't. I need. I had to give that film a shout out because that needs to be seen by a lot more people. And supported by a lot more people. Um, and that's it. That's the list I've got. I do, as I said, I've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Wonder Woman, and of course, like, Guns of the Galaxy Volume 2 on there. But I didn't want to just really talk about those because I wanted to get these little... I want to get these underseen movies on there as well because I want to let people know that there's there's other movies out there and you can, you can watch them. Um, there's not just your mainstream superhero stuff and your mainstream action, your mainstream... You know, it's not just it. And there's not just, like... Uh, what was another one that came out? There's not just Transformers. There's not just... Um, like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say, Jesus, you know what I'm trying to say, anyway, now I just want to finish off this podcast with the movies that I am looking forward to for the end of the year, and as I said, I've got a pretty small list, it's only like 10 or 11, because these ones really stood out to me, uh, <clears throat> this one's already out, but I'm going to take, I'm going to check it out next week, it's Darren Aronofsky's new film, Mother, with an exclamation mark, so it's like, Mother, and, um, it looks really different. I've been hearing some things about it. I've been hearing some screenings. People doing things in screenings. I've seen uh, scathing reviews. I've seen good reviews. Um, without any spoilers, thank God. And uh, I want to see what's going on. I want to see what Aronofsky's cooked up. What's what's he doing? What's he doing in this movie? Uh, Javier Bardem, Jennifer Lawrence. Interesting. Michelle Pfeiffer. Ed Harris. Um, I think I saw Donald Gleeson in the trailer. So, um, that's interesting. So, I want to see what's going on there. Like, it all, all it is, is it's about this couple that's be- building a house, and then their tranquil existence gets interrupted by these 
people that seem to be fans of his work, and it looks in the trailer to me, it looks like he's, they're fans of his work, and they pretty much take over the house. So I was like, what the fuck? So that'd be interesting to watch. Um, I've got Kingsman two because I love Kingsman one, and um, the trailer looks funny. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Julian Moore, so um, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that as the villain, but I think I'll get over it because I'm. I don't want that to ruin the movie for me because they've still got Pedro Pascal, Jeff Bridges, and Channing Tatum as the statesman in it as well from America. So yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be um, fun to watch. Not interesting. I need to stop finding all these words that I'm using all the time and just fucking use different words. Fuck's sake. Uh, good time. Uh, I've got a friend who saw this earlier this year. She said it was really, really good. Um, it comes out in October here in Sydney. Um, sorry, not here, there in Sydney. I'm in Newcastle now, but um, in, we're in Sydney where I go to. And I heard it's Robert Pattinson's best performance of his career. Um, and the Sati brothers look like they've done, they've written and directed a pretty, pretty great movie. Cinematography looks interesting. Um, and the atmosphere of LA just really stri- striked me in the trailer. So, I was like, I wonder what they... Are they going for, like, a taxi driver collateral thing going on here? I don't know. But, um, but like, with better cinematography and more neon. So, I wasn't too sure. But, it, honestly, it looks interesting. And I can't wait to check out Good Time. Have a good time, a good time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you knew that was coming. Uh, Battle of the Sexes with Emma Stone and Jeff... Um, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Where the fuck that come from? Emma Stone and Steve Carell. Um, trailer looked interesting. I've been hearing some stuff about... Um, I think it was a Tiff, right? So Tiff and Telluride. I've been hearing some stuff about it. So looks... Um, I'll just give you the plot just in case. I should give you the plot for all these, actually. But I'm not, I was worried about time. You know, who gives a fuck about time? Let's just keep it. Let's just run it over. So if you're not familiar with Battle of Sexes, it's not just Emma Stone and Steve Carell getting a fist fight. It's about the true story of, um, I'm just going to read because obviously I haven't um, seen it. So it's the true story of 1973 tennis match between world number one, Billie Jean King, and ex-champ and serial hustler, Bobby Riggs. And uh, that's it. That's all they're giving you. <laughs> and it comes out here in September 28th. I can't wait to check it out. Because I'm going to hear some things. Stronger. Jake. Healing Hall. It's a new movie. And uh, that's blowing up a tip at the moment. And it's about the true story of Jeff Bauman, who got, um, who was the guy that lost his legs in the uh, Boston bombings. Um, I know we had Patriots Day this year, but now we're getting a, from Jeff Bauman's perspective, we're getting a movie. Um, not really a um, documentary kind of movie, documentary film kind of movie, but this is more of a um, biopic of his life. And... Um, I think he started the, um, I think it was, what did he start? The Boston, what was that Boston chant he started? I forget. God, I'm terrible, aren't I? <laughs> what was that chant he started? Boston, stand up for Boston, is that it? Heart, Boston. Uh, stand with Boston. We are... Uh, 
You know what? I can't help myself. I need to see this. I need to know what this means because this is just going to fucking haunt me for the rest of the night. Um... Oh, Boston Strong. Duh. Okay, right. That's it. It came to me. Boston Strong. That's it. Did he start it or did like everybody else start it? Like, did everybody, like, collectively start Boston Strong? Because I, I was told that Bauman started it. And then everyone followed, and, like, they were inspired by his, like, um... By his hope and determination, and they were like, Yeah, we are strong, Boston. And, um, yeah, they did come through, like... After watching Patriots Day and hearing about everything after the Boston bombings, like, post-Boston bombings, and finding the people who fucking did it. The cunts that did it. Um... Yeah, Boston really pulled through. They were... It's, I don't want to use the word, overuse the word, but they were strong. And they got stronger afterwards. Sorry, it's getting late. <laughs> you can hear the tightness in my voice, can't you? Uh, right. A24's new one. Yeah, I told you I'd follow A24 into a fucking burning building. Um, A24's new one. I've seen lots, lots of uh, promotion on Instagram, even not fully following the account. Uh, Woodshock. Uh, it's got... Uh, Kirsten Dunst, and it's about a woman who falls deeper into paranoia after taking a deadly drug, and that's all they're giving us. That's all they're giving us, but it's got Kirsten Dunst, um, and it's got, um, uh, I, really, I can't say this bloke's name, but he plays, um, uh, Euron Greyjoy in Game of Thrones, but I can't say his name. Can't say his name. Palau Asbeik? Palau Asbeik? Apologies, sir, if I've fucked up that name for you uh, but it looks interesting I watched the trailer it looked nice and uh, I'm gonna check it out Woodshock check that out uh, another movie that got my that caught my little eye was one that not many people are talking about uh, it's called Super Dark Times and um about teenagers, Zach and Josh have their best friends the whole lives when a gruesome accident leads to a cover-up. The secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. And the trailer caught me. I like the... First of all, the poster caught me. I was like, what is this? What's going on here? I don't know why, but I like the font. The font st um, struck me. And then... Um, that's marketing, by the way. It's marketing. And uh, and then the, the trailer got me, got me intrigued. And I was like, yep, all right. Got to check it out. Super Dark Times. Not too sure when it comes out in Australia, but it's saying 29th of September for USA, so... I'm not sure when it comes out here, though. Big one that I'm waiting for, that I cannot wait for, a big one that I cannot wait for, is Blade Runner 2049. Ryan Gosling stars as K. I think it's Special Agent K. And, um... He tracks down um, Harrison Ford's Deckard Shaw... Is it Deckard Shaw? Why do I say Deckard Shaw? I think it's just Deckard, isn't it? I think I call him Deckard Shaw because of the Fast and Furious movie, I think. Anyway, so Deckard, and uh, he's been missing. Goes and character tracks him down. Shit goes the fuck, and we got a Blade Runner movie. Uh, first one was uh, really great. Great soundtrack about Evangelist. Uh, great cinematography. Great production design. Everything about Blade Runner is a fucking... Cl it's a classic film. I can't really say anything more. It's a classic movie. Um, however, the director, the helm in this one, is Denis Villeneuve, who um, recently just directed Arrival, but he also did... Obviously, he did Sicario, Prisoners, and Sandys. 
Uh, and this is his, I think this is his, his big shot at a big movie. Arrival was a big one too, but Blade, helming like a triple A name, like Blade Runner, um, is interesting. That we've, got a, we've got a nice little cast here. As I said, Ryan Gosling, he's just fucking keep, he just keeps fucking plowing forward. Uh, Dave Bautista, Anna de Armas, she's come a long way too. And uh, we've got Mackenzie Davis in there as well. I'm not too sure what she's doing, but... Harrison Ford is back as uh, Deckard. And we have Jared Leto in there as uh, some dude named Neander. And uh, he looks like he's the antagonist from the trailer anyway. He looks like he's the antagonist. The antagonist. Uh, funny thing about Jared Leto. I heard about this thing about Jared Leto. I couldn't believe this, right? I couldn't fucking believe this. So Jared Leto, apparently, because his character is blind, he pretended he was blind on set, and apparently Harrison Ford nearly, <laughs> nearly fucking punched him in the face. So, um, <laughs> I found that so fucking funny. There's a point where it comes fucking pretentious, honestly. To, like, method act like that. Send fucking dead rats to your co-stars and start acting blind on set. Honestly, cunt. Jared Lloyd, pull yourself together, mate. Jesus Christ. Um, I was, I was always a mixed bag on Jared Lloyd, honestly. I was always a mixed bag. Um, I didn't really, in, he did it alright, uh, I don't know, I liked parts of his Joker, but mostly I didn't like it. Um, hopefully he does... I liked him in Wrecking for a Dream. Honestly, he fucked me up in that movie. I'm never watching that movie again. Um, and people are saying that about Mother, apparently. Even I mentioned Mother before. The people are saying that Mother's going to be like Wrecking for a Dream, but you're not going to watch it. It's, it's, you're going to be like, what the fuck, and then watch not watch it again. So I tell you, there's so many things that happen in Wrecking for a Dream where I'm like, I don't, I don't think I just, I don't think I need to see that again, but in a good way, not like, oh, I don't want to watch that again because I was shit. It's like I just don't think I need to see that again on screen or um, in a film. I just don't think I need to see that like that sequence, this certain sequence again, because. That's all I needed. All I needed was one, and one's enough. One's still powerful. I'm still thinking about that fucking thing to this day. So, Darren Aronofsky, well done for fucking me out there with Wrecking for a Dream. Black Swan's another film that I, 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 do, I do enjoy watching, and that's a film I can watch again. There's other people... Because Black Swan is another film for other people that are like, I don't know if I can watch Black Swan again. And that one, for me, is Wrecking for a Dream. That's the only film I've seen once, and I'll never watch again. Because I've... I still know everything about it. That scene comes to me sometimes, and I'm like, "Holy shit! How do we, how do we escape this? <laughs> how do we escape this?" Uh, it's just, it's so dark, depressing, just fucking. It's bleak. It's so bleak. And I don't, I just don't need to see it again. I just don't need to. Uh, right from Blade Runner twenty forty nine, we're heading down to the Florida Project, and that played at Sundance. I'm pretty sure it's be hit at Sundance. Uh, yes, and it's about a uh, six-year-old, she um, creates mischief, she goes on a lot of adventures with her playmates, and then um, she bonds with her rebellious but um, caring mother, it says, and then she lives in the shadows. They live right next to uh, Disney World in Florida, and um, I've heard a lot of good things about this movie, Will and Defoe's performance as well, apparently it's good. Uh, written and directed by Sean Baker. And um, it's got a quite a known cast except for Macon Blair, Willem, and Willem Dafoe. 
and um, I yeah I'm I'm keen to see it. I watched the trailer. It looks cool. Um, it looked really. I don't know. The, the colors looked interesting to me, even though it's supposed to be they live next to. They live in this kind of like. Uh, it's a band. It almost looks like abandoned, but it's like a, there's like color in it. It's 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 weird. I really enjoyed the production design. Um, in the trailer, and I'll, obviously I'll see more in the film. And that's the Florida Project. Um, moving on to the Snowman. This um, trailer really caught me. Michael Fassbender. First of all, the cast gets me as well. Michael Fassbender, Chloe Savini, Rebecca Ferguson, J.K. Simmons, Val Kilmer, Jamie Clayton from Sensate. Yeah, hey, you're a Sensate represent. And Charlotte Gainsbourg. Wow. And Toby Jones. Toby Jones has to be a fucking villain, honestly. He needs. He has to be the villain. Uh, that's it. We solved the murder over on the snowman. Toby Jones fucking did it. God, that little snotty little cunt. <laughs> he plays the most fucking slippery characters. I swear to God, he plays the most fucking yeah, like like that. Look like a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he sneaks for his nose. <laughs> Um, so it's about, uh, Michael Fassman, who plays Detective Harry Hole, investigates the disappearance of a woman whose pink scarf is found wrapped around an ominous-looking snowman, and then, as my favourite saying goes, shit goes to fuck, and we have a movie. I'm gonna coin that phrase, no one steal it, shit goes to fuck. And, uh, I wanna check that out, that's coming out in Australia, guys, in October 19th. October 19th coming out here, so I can't wait for that. And it's playing at my cinema that I go to too, because I found a, I saw a trailer for it too. Secondary. Sorry, last but not least, definitely not least, is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Directed and written again by Yorgos Lanthimos, who gave us The Lobster last year, one of my favorite films of uh, 2016, I believe it was number four. And uh, it's about we got we got Nicole Kibben, we got Alicia Steelson, we got Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell back in the mix as well. And it's about a charismatic surgeon named Stephen. He's forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart. When the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister, it is a drama horror mystery. And I uh, blew up at Cannes, blew up. So um, <laughs> yeah, can't wait for this. I really enjoyed The Lobster, and I couldn't wait for what Yorgos was going to do next. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of... Um, I'm a fan of Dogtooth. Love The Lobster. Yeah, and I just couldn't wait to see what he was going to do next. And uh, really excited for The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's all I want to know. I just want to know that information. I'm not, there's no trailers coming out yet. I'm not going to watch a trailer. I never watched the trailer for The Lobster. So I'm just going to wait for The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And it comes out in November. November. Um, in Australia, guys, November. And uh, a little bonus one that blew up at Sundance. It's blowing up pretty much all year at all the festivals. Um, I think it was playing at Telluride again as well. Um, is Call Me By Your Name. Uh, it's Call Me By Your Name. I'm just going to... I want to credit the director right as well. Oh, fuck it. Not that. God damn it. Fucking predictor text, people. Honestly. Call me. There, there it is. Call me by your name. Right. 
So it's uh, 1983, the son of an American professor is enamored by the graduate student who comes to study and live with his family in their northern Italian home. Together they share an unforgettable summer full of music, food, romance that will forever change them. It's got Army Hammer and apparently a breakout performance from young French actor Timothy Chalamet. Um, I hope he's French. <laughs> I just said French without even knowing. It sounded like a French name. Timothy Chalamet. Um, apparently, he's one of the young actors to watch. And after seeing, and after um, people seeing this movie, they're saying, "Yeah, you need to this Timothy Chalamet. Do he's going to be huge." Um, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Uh, Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino. My God, I'm sorry, sir. Luca Guadagnino. Guagdagnino. Guagdagnino. Luca Guagdagnino. Cool. And written by uh, James Ravi did the screenplay and um, Andre Asiman Akiman did the... Oh, it's based on a novel. There we go. But Ivory did the screenplay for the film and apparently, yeah, blowing up blowing up all the festivals this year. Um, I believe it'll come out around November or Christmas, I think, here. So hopefully that comes out and that comes to the cinema I'm going to I go I go to as well because it plays it seems to play a lot of indies and art houses as well so hopefully that's coming out here and that's call me by your name call me by your name and that's all the films I'm I've really put down there is uh, there's a I think there's a lot more that I have but I wanted to just make this list kind of short and sweet and those are the films that really struck me and I'm really excited for to see um, so, and that is going to wrap it up, you know, because we have gone 17 minutes over. And, um, that's a no-go. That's a no-go in this game. So, um, thank you for watching, uh, listening, sorry. Check out the films that I, uh, I had as my top of 2017, please. There's a lot of indies in there that need a lot more, a lot more love and a lot more support. Um, and I sweat, and you might love them. You might not like them, but you might love them. That's the thing. You got to give them a chance. That's the big thing. And um, yeah, if you're hyped, hyped as well as I am for these movies coming out for the rest of 2017, I can't wait to see what's got to offer. There's a lot of movies that has disappointed me this year. Not not like too much, but there are some movies that actually have disappointed me this year. So, but I didn't want to mention them because I just didn't think it was enough time. But we'll cross that body bedroom. We can't do it yet. Right, so that's the half list, the half year list for this year, and that's going to wrap it up for this podcast, guys. Thank you again for listening, and uh, I will. I'm probably going to speak to you tomorrow, like f- straight away tomorrow. So um, get ready for that. Have a great night. Have a great like. How many hours is between now and what I'm going to do tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow night. Let's just say have a great twelve hours because if I if I do the same time. Yeah, get 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 into some crazy shit in these twelve hours, guys, and just uh, have have some fun. All right, and I'll talk to you then. All right, and have a good one.